The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and football, real football, is finally back. It is week one of the NFL season. We're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, and a new wrinkle this year with Stacking the Box. Last year, we did Monday recordings, and so we would preview all the games for the coming week, talk about, obviously, what had happened the weekend prior. This year, Josh and I are going to be recording on Sunday nights, right after the second window of games, so during the Sunday night game, uh, so that when you're in your commute on Monday, you're going to be all set. Uh, so that's just a little bit of a change, and hopefully something that works to the betterment of everybody. And we're looking forward to doing all that. And of course, we're also going to be uh, doing our video show as well, also under Stacking the Box Umbrella. That'll be going on Tuesday afternoons. You should follow the fan side of Facebook page. You'll see it there. Uh, and also, we're going to have a Sunday morning preview show that'll be an hour long, leading right into the uh, early window kickoffs. So, all that out of the way, there's a full 16 games on the slate starting tomorrow, Eagles-Falcons, and then there are a pair of Monday night games as well. We'll get to all of them and make our picks as we always do. But first, I'll turn it over to you, Josh. Uh, thoughts on the week ahead? I'm just glad football's back. And that accounts. I'm a Bucks fan, so that's where my interest basically begins and ends because it's going to be a long, long couple of months. But just having football back, it, this is probably one of the most exciting times of year for fans because even you know, even though I say preface that by saying I'm a Bucks fan and they have no hope, who knows? They could go ten and six and make the playoffs. Nobody is eliminated right now. Not even the Browns for the first time in a couple of years because they actually look promising. Not that they're going to do anything, but this is week one and two, both because nobody's eliminated yet. Everybody's got hope ahead of them. And also, as we talked about in weeks before, 
week one games are always bananas. They're always bonkers. So you're going to see things that aren't necessarily precursors to what the season is going to be, but they're going to be interesting. They're going to be fun, and it counts. So that's that's really all you can ask for. Well, let's jump right into it because let's face it, there's a lot of games. Let's get to them. Oh, yeah. Week one. Now, this is interesting. Last year, the, the Eagles were the first team that was a number one seed not to be favored in any of their games in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Now, they're favored against the Falcons, which is a rematch of their divisional game, which is a phenomenal contest, came down to the end. But the Eagles are only favored by one and a half points. Now, keep in mind, Carson Wentz is not playing. They've been banged up. The Falcons, obviously, a very good team in their own right. Uh, but one and a half, which basically says if Vegas thinks on a neutral field that Atlanta is better by a point and a half because you get a field goal uh, if you're at home. So, one and a half. Do you think the Falcons win, the Eagles win, and what do you feel about the line? I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one just because, to me, in that playoff game, it was so close to flipping the other way. Say what you will about Sarkeesian. Say what you will about Matt Ryan and the offense. Say what you will about the way that the Eagles played in that game. That was a goal line stand away from we don't have the Nick Foles narrative. We maybe don't. Maybe we have the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of different things that could have happened on that goal line stand if it had gone differently. And I just think that, to me, the Falcons are the better team defensively, they're going to be really exciting this year. Matt Ryan has a couple of weapons now that he can play with as far as Julio Jones and then Calvin Ridley. I don't know how far along he's going to come. And then the Eagles, the Super Bowl hangover thing is real. Okay, we've seen it before. And unless you're the Patriots, you don't really know how to handle that. So coming out of the gate week one, I think the Falcons get the upper hand here. But I think that both of these teams are in for very decent seasons. Yeah, I agree. Look, I got them both as division winners in our Fanside NFL preview, which, by the way, quick plug, but please go to Fanside.com. Check that out. Josh and I work tirelessly on it alongside our uh, boss, Patrick Allen, our tech team, our CEO, Zach Best. I mean, Elliot Girard did an unbelievable job with all the artwork. Uh, We turned the player on each team into a superhero. So, really, uh, I'm not just saying it because we worked on it. It's our company, but I'm, I'm serious. It's a preview unlike anything you've ever seen. So, that said, as far as my pick, I am with you on Atlanta. I think Atlanta... You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Wins, obviously, in that case, you cover. Look, the Falcons might have the best roster in the league, 1-53. They're very deep. They, have Cal- they add Calvin Ridley to a group that has Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones already in it. Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman in the backfield. Matt Ryan, of course, uh, at the controls. And the defense is really good. It's underrated. It might be the fastest in the league. Dan Quinn's kind of building his own legion of boom over there with Trufant and Alford and Keanu Neal. So, look, it's not a knock on the Eagles. I think the Eagles are obviously a very good team. But I just feel that the Falcons almost beat them last year in the playoffs. Probably should have beat them. Uh, And I think that Atlanta gets the job done. They find a way so give me Atlanta. I don't mind the, you know, the one and a half there. I, I think Vegas almost feels like this game might go Atlanta's way. That's why the line is so low. 
going to the Sunday games, and by the way, we're using oddsshark.com for all of our lines. The Sunday games, one of the bigger lines of the day, and it is the Baltimore Ravens laying a touchdown, minus seven at home against Nathan Peterman and the Buffalo Bills. Where do you fall on that one? <laughs> Not with Nathan Peterman and the Buffalo Bills. Um, Baltimore is my pick to win the NFC, or the AFC North this year, not the NFC North. The AFC North this year, just because I don't know about Pittsburgh and some of these other, you know, Cincinnati, obviously Cleveland. And I think that they have to win games like this if people are going to take them seriously and say, okay, this is Harbaugh's team with one final push towards being something in this era. And if they don't win games like this, it's just going to be more of the same, and we're going to all of a sudden be talking about potentially... Harbaugh's on the hot seat on, at Halloween. Harbaugh's maybe not the head of this head team, uh, head coach of this team at the end of the year. That kind of stuff. And it starts with games like this against Buffalo, a team that is not good, is back to the drawing board. They're rebuilding. Josh Allen isn't starting. Nathan Peterman, he of five interceptions in like a 37-second highlight reel, is starting. So if you can't beat teams like this, I know it's week one, and I know these games are wonky and weird sometimes. But you have to get this. This is an easy win. This is an easy notch on the belt. They have to get this. So I have to believe in Baltimore for at least that reason. I think Baltimore wins, but I think Buffalo covers. Mm. And not because I, I don't think excuse me, I don't think Buffalo's very good. But I don't think Baltimore's offense is going to lay 30 points. Okay, so I think it's a closer game than people expect. The Bills can play defense. Uh, I think it's something like 17 to 13. Maybe maybe it's even you know thirteen seven. I think it's ugly. I think it's low scoring. That said, look, drop the whole NFL preview so I can lay down my picks now. You and I are on a lockstep. I think the Ravens are going to win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have the Ravens going nine and seven, but I think they're going to win the division. Uh, and I don't think Buffalo can beat them on the road. It is Week One. Week One's always weird, you know. And and the Ravens, look, there's, there's you wonder about the chemistry issues. You know, they added a lot of new faces on offense: Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. They've replaced Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin, which are all upgrades. But it's just it, it's it's a lot of new faces. So I think the Ravens win. I think defensively they're going to stifle uh, Peterman and company, even without Jimmy Smith, who suspended the first four games. So uh, give me the Ravens, but give me the Bills on the cover. Um, and, and another game that will stick in the AFC, this one involving uh, the Bengals and the Colts. And I got to admit, you know, Vegas usually I feel like their lines are pretty good. At, you know, they make a hell of a lot of money off of them. But this line baffles me. The Colts are favored by a field goal in this game. And I get it. The Bengals have not been good recently, haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years. But, man, that's a lot of faith in Andrew Luck because I don't think it's in anything else. Yeah, this is... Vegas trying to cash in on people betting on Andrew Luck. It's the Andrew Luck effect. And we're going to have to see how it plays out because it's the same thing that fantasy owners have been having to deal with in their fantasy drafts leading up to this. What is he going to be? Like that team could legitimately contend for a wild card spot based solely on his talent. Okay, T.Y. Hilton's stock can go up because of this. Who knows with the running back situation on Marlon Max a little hurt, but over the course of the season, he could see an uptick because of the way that offense runs. Frank Reich, we've already said he could be the steel head coach hiring in this offseason just because of all the circumstances that went into this. But it all hinges on that fragile shoulder of Andrew Luck. And I don't know if I, – I, I have to see it to believe it. And that's not unfair, and I think a lot of Colts fans would agree with that too. I have to see it to believe it. If anything, 
if I'm a Bengals fan, <laughs> I'm really upset because it's like they're they're not a Super Bowl contender the way a lot of other teams are, but they're not a bad team. Like they very well could be up there with the Ravens trying to win the AFC North at the end of the year. But to say that they're underdogs to the Colts, that's that's a little insulting to me. So I, I'm taking Cincinnati in this one. Yeah, give me Cincinnati big time plus three. Look, the Colts might have the worst roster in football. Dave Andrew Luck is coming off of, of significant shoulder injuries, okay, shoulder surgery, on, of course, his throwing arm. And you look at that offense, you say, okay, it's Luck and it's T.Y. Hilton and it's what else? Because they have nothing else going on. Their offensive line is not good, even though they drafted Quentin Nelson, who I think will be a star in the future, but he's still a, a rookie and he's a guard. He's not a tackle. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to have a lot of problems. And that Bengals front, look, the Bengals aren't great in some areas. The Bengals can rush the passer. They are going to hit him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so that's a concern for me. I don't love their offense, Cincinnati's offense. I, A.J. Green is phenomenal. He's underrated. But Dalton is an average quarterback. Mixon and Bernard, okay. It's all right. Eifert is always hurt. Uh, I'm not in love with their offense. I think their offense is pretty, pretty pedestrian. But I love their defense. And I think they win this game based off the fact that Indy's not going to score 30 points. And despite Cincinnati's offense not being great, I would challenge anybody to name the Colts 11 starters on defense. Hell, I challenge to name three of them. So I would, I would take the Bengals. Uh, three, getting three just seems ludicrous to me. Uh, so, hey, we'll see. Maybe the Bengals get off to one-no start and you know, things go in the right direction. For a team that really needs things to go in the right direction, not a playoff win since 1990, yeah. the longest active streak in the NFL. Another game in the AFC, and this one a much more interesting one. The Houston Texans are traveling to take on the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium. It's a 1 o'clock kick. New England is favored by 6. So Houston not getting no respect, but not getting plenty either. You know, Vegas saying that neutral field, New England's favored by a field goal. There's no shame in that, I guess, if you're Houston. Uh, you know, the Texans obviously coming off a 4-12 and campaign, but a ton of injuries. I think yeah. everyone expects a lot more of them this year. New England minus six. Where do you fall on this game? New England. Uh, that defense is getting Watt and Merciless back. You're getting Deshaun Watson back on offense. And then we're getting defensively again. The Honey Badger's there. I just, I don't know. The Patriots, this could on the one hand be like the Chiefs game was last year where everybody's expecting New England to roll past the Chiefs and they were going 16-0 and and blah, blah, blah. And then they get shelled at home against Alex Smith, who looks like, you know, Steve Young and Joe Montana fused together. So it could go that way. And I think a lot of people are going to be betting on the way Deshaun Watson played against New England last year, which was they almost won. To me, I just can't bet against New England it's, it, it's, it's almost the same thing with the Andrew Luck shoulder thing. I can't bet against New England until I actually see a reason to bet against them in a game like this. It just doesn't make any sense. And to me, it's got to be the Patriots until proven otherwise. Yeah, look, I think Houston covers the spread because I don't think New England can stop anybody. Mm. And this was something that, if you remember last year, they were comically bad early in the year defensively. Yeah. They lost at home to Carolina. They lost at home to Kansas City. They should have lost to Houston. They should have lost that game if not for the old Bill O'Brien special there in the <laughs> yeah. fourth quarter. Okay, I mean, they, they absolutely were on the ropes, and then Brady leads a, a comeback late in the fourth quarter. I think, I think this is an AFC Championship preview. I don't think New England's anywhere near as good as they used to be, but the division stinks. Mm-hmm. The conference isn't that good. And so I think New England will 
find their way to this juncture. Now, they almost lost in the AFC title game last year to a team that, frankly, I think is inferior to Houston if Houston's healthy. Yeah. Um, I love the Texans this year. I'm picking them to win the South. I think they're really talented on both sides of the ball. I think the roster's chock full of big-time stars. But I'm taking New England because it's in Gillette, because Brady's as healthy as he's going to be this year. Gronk's as healthy as he's going to be this year. Mm -hmm. The one concern I have is that Edelman's not there, so I expect him to double Gronk and try to take him away. But the coaching mismatch is such a mismatch. Yeah. I'm taking New England in a close game. I think it'll come down to it. I think maybe even the final two minutes. But I, I think New England finds a way to take care of business, gets to 1-0, and Houston tries to look at wounds and go back to Texas. Um, now, we just mentioned the Jaguars indirectly uh, as a team that lost to the Pats in the AFC title game. They are on the road to start the year, but they are a favorite, a field goal favorite over the New York football Giants. The Giants, of course, having a busy offseason, new head coach and Pat Shermer. They go out and they draft Saquon Barkley, second overall, just signed Odell Beckham Jr. to five years, $95 million, richest wide receiver in history. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually. Because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. I really like the Giants this year. Jacksonville, obviously, one of the top defenses in the game, mm-hmm. if not the top defense in the game. Where do you fall on Jacksonville at the Giants? I like the Giants, and I got, I have them winning the, the NFC East in part of my mind, not all of it. If things go right, this could be a very big bounce-back year, and the Eagles, Super Bowl hangover thing, I think that affects things. And then the Redskins and the Cowboys are a joke to me. So the Giants, this is a big year, and this could be kind of like how we saw the Jaguars in Pittsburgh last year get a, you know, a, a put, put, put some respect on their name win in a game when they beat the Steelers. This could kind of be that thing for the Giants. Now, I'm picking Jacksonville to win this game, but I'm not doing so confidently, and I think that that's going to be a theme throughout the season because if that defense for New York shows up, Blake Bortles is going to have a very rough afternoon. So that, that to me, is, is the factor here. That defense for Jacksonville is very good. I don't think that this is going to be a game where we see Odell Beckham go crazy. I definitely don't think this is a game where we're going to see Saquon Barkley go nuts. It might even be a narrative afterwards because it's the New York media where it's, oh, God, I can't believe that they took Saquon Barkley. He only got 27 yards rushing on 13 carries. Oh, this is so terrible. What a bust. And that's going to be the narrative because he's going to come up against this Jaguars defense. But I'm excited about the Giants' season overall. It's just a really tough draw to start things in week one. Yeah, you know, this is the first one we'll disagree on. I'm going to take the Giants, uh, obviously, to cover as well. I, I think the Giants are going to bounce back and have a good year. I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. The NFC is loaded. But I think the Giants are better than people realize. Look, the Giants added a lot. And the biggest, the biggest problems they had last year, twofold. Well, threefold. Mm-hmm. The defense stunk to high having the worst defensive football. I think that defense is better. I don't know that they're top 10, but I think they're better. I think they're, they're closer to average. James Betcher coming in as a new D coordinator. I like that. But the other two problems I think they fixed completely, okay? Uh, they fire Ben McAdoo, who, as we always talk about, both on and off the air, is like a Sopranos extra. Uh, <laughs> they, they move on from him, and they put him back at Satriali's 
and they go out and get and they get Pat Shermer, and I think Shermer can coach. Shermer won ten games in two years with the Browns, and that sounds awful. He won ten games with the Browns. That man is on Barty. Yeah. Okay, so I like him a lot. I think he's a really good offensive mind, and most importantly, they fix their offensive line. Nate Solder comes in. Will Hernandez comes in. I think they did a nice job there. Is it perfect? No, because Pew and Westberg are out the door. But I think it's better. They also add Saquon Barkley. They've been trotting out bums in the backfield for years now. Mm. Orleans Darqua and and Paul Perkins and all this other nonsense. They bring in Barkley, who's a real running back. I like them to win this game. My only fear in this game is Manning throws four picks Mm. because you could just see that coming. But I I think the Giants win the game because, frankly, because I could think just as equally the Bortles could throw four picks. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll take the Giants uh, in, in an upset week one at home at MetLife Stadium. And another game that I think might smell upset is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pittsburgh favored by three and a half. But let me, before I ask you your thoughts on this game, okay, as we're recording this, there is uh, some interesting things happening in Pittsburgh right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are having a media session, and this is one of the quotes they just came down. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, Ramon Foster, who's a guard on the on the Steelers, a good guard, uh, with a big knock on Bell, according to Josh Roundtree, um, who's a sports reporter and anchor out there on the radio. He says, Foster says, "quote My mom died. I went to the funeral and came to camp the next day. Al Villanueva has seen people die and has come and given his all to the team. Al Villanueva, of course, was an Army Ranger, mm-hmm. um, and and there have been a lot of quotes." in that same realm, just ripping him. Mike Pouncey saying he's not a team player. Uh, Foster went on to say, quote, he's making seven times what I make and twice as much as Al Villanueva is making, and we're the guys who do it for him. Um, Marquise Pouncey's quote was, why play hide-and-seek? Why let your agent say this, referring to that you might not come back to week 11? Just man up and tell us what you're going to do. Uh, and uh, they continue to say that they're... They're just done with Bell. And that is a very interesting storyline here as we now segue back into this game. Look, the Browns are trying to get back on, on track after mm-hmm. going 131 last year. Pittsburgh all of a sudden doesn't have arguably their best player, or one of the top three for sure. And it, it, may, it now appears like he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. What do you make of, let's say, both the Steelers in general and of this game, Steelers favored three and a half on the road? Uh, well, I'll, I'll make my pick first, and I've been picking this for the last couple of weeks now on the record, and I'm going with the Browns winning this game. Because it's week one, things are always wonky, so that kind of goes in their favor. And then you've got this whole Le'Veon Bell thing, which I think kind of is an insight into that Steelers locker room. Now, whether or not he plays, I think, is beside the point when I'm making my pick because I think that the Browns coming out of the gate here this is probably one of the better teams they've had in a while, and it's, it's, it's a uh, pendulum swinging back the other way, whereas it used to be a place where guys didn't want to play, and if they were playing there, they were just collecting a check until they could move on or retire. Now I think you've got a lot of young guys in there who want to be the team that turns the Browns around, and I think that that's a special thing to rally around. Now, I'm not going to get into the Hugh Jackson thing because we're going to have about maybe five solid weeks of that before he gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm picking the Browns to win this game. And as far as the Le'Veon Bell stuff is concerned, we saw Khalil Mack get traded when he wasn't able to get a deal. And it seemed unconscionable that that could happen because he's a franchise player. Bell is, to a lesser degree, a franchise player. 
But if he he's a guy that if I'm Green Bay, I'm taking the package that I was ready to offer Oakland for Khalil Mack, maybe skimming a little bit off the top and saying, here you go, I'll take him. And then Le'Veon Bell in that offense with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all those guys, that is dangerous. Same thing with San Francisco and some of these other teams, the Jets maybe, who had these offers for Mack, just poured it over, maybe take a little bit off the top and say, here, Pittsburgh, take this for Bell. So the, the, the last thing I'll say about this is my perception of the Steelers has always been they are a shaky wheel and I have no idea when the part the screws are going to come out and it's going to come flying off of the clown car judging from these quotes everybody rallying around the hate of Le'Veon Bell maybe this is the thing that fixes that locker room and brings them back together at least for maybe half a season so it's it's a messy messy situation but that stuff aside I'm still going with the Browns just because week one's wonky and I do like a lot of the things that they have and hey what a feather in the cap of Tyrod Taylor going out there and getting the Browns the first win and shooting the middle fingers back east to Buffalo that, that, I, that is one of the main reasons I'm rooting for this you know I give you credit last year you picked the Chiefs to beat the Pats and I mocked you and then it happened and I was glad it happened but it happened I don't know the guts that you do here I'm picking the Steelers but I'll say this I'm picking the Steelers partially because I think all these quotes that offensive line is going to come out ready to roll mm. in this game. They're yeah. going to be out to prove a point. And I just don't think Cleveland's that good. I don't think Cleveland's going on 16. I don't even think Cleveland's going on 1-15. I think they'll win four or five games this year, but I just don't think this is one of them. Um, so I'm going, to take, I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win, but I'm going to take Cleveland to cover three and a half. I think Cleveland makes it a very close game. Now, to the Steelers in general, I'm going to say this, and I said it in my NFL preview. We've talked about it. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I look at the Steelers, and people can say all they want about Bell, and he's not a great teammate. And Fine, maybe he's not. He is a damn good player. That guy not being on the field is a killer for them. He is the biggest weapon they have. And, you, know, you talk about Brown. Brown's the best receiver in football, in my opinion. But he doesn't run the ball, too. Bell has 80 catches a year, 800 yards. He rushes for another 1,200. I mean, he... He is such a nightmare to deal with. And that doesn't mean James Conner won't come in and have a good year. I'm rooting for the mm-hmm. guy. Beat cancer. God bless him. But, yeah. I, look, he's not Le'Veon Bell. Let's, let's be real. Uh, I, I think the Steelers also I, – I, there's part of me that likes it. The, the offensive linemen are coming out and saying, hey, the heck with that. you know. But at the other time, it's like, don't you have any control of your locker room? I mean, does Tomlin just have no control of what goes on in there? You know, and this, was, this went back to last year. Hell, this went back to two years ago when they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs and Antonio Brown's Facebook Live in the whole you know, celebration and Tom was talking mm-hmm. about the Pats. and Then last year they played the Jags, who they got roasted by in the regular season at home. And all they could talk about was how the following week they're going to beat the doors off New England. Then they go out and give up 45 points to Jacksonville and lose again at home. You know, at some point, you do wonder, like, Tomlin's been there for a long time. Yeah. This is not, you know, Tomlin showing up yesterday here. Okay, Tomlin's been there over a decade. I wonder how much it's run its course. And then finally, Shazier not being there and them not replacing him at all is just a huge deal. That defense falls off a cliff without him. He's the best player on that team by a mile on the defensive side of the ball. And without him there, I think they're going to get into some shootouts. And as great as Brown is and Roethlisberger is and Juju Schuster, Smith-Schuster might be, without Bell, that's a killer. Yeah, I, I see them as a 500 team. I really do. Uh, let's roll right along. Uh, first NFC, all-NFC game we have. Interesting game. The Niners in Minnesota. 
The Vikings are a six-point favorite. Of course, everybody seems to love them. They're a darling of the offseason. They added Kirk Cousins. They went 13-3 last year, lost the NFC title game. Do you like the Vikings or the 49ers at uh, Mall of America Field in uh, – in week one. Well, it's U.S. Bank now. It's not oh, Mall of America Field. Well, That's the old Metrodome. You're right. You're That's right. the old You're Metrodome. R.I.P. Right. The, the H.H.H. Metrodome. Uh, I'm going I miss with... the Metrodome. Metrodome was awesome. Well, you're an A's fan, so you can't like the Metrodome. I don't much. miss the Metrodome baseball, <laughs> but I do. I miss it with the Chris Carter. Randy yeah, Walsh yeah, yeah. Thing. But anywho, so who do you... Vikings by six in this game. I believe it. I like it. Um, people are going to wax poetic about Kirk Cousins. And I think he goes out and gets a couple of touchdowns in this game. Plays relatively well. I think Dalvin Cook bounces back. This is the first Jimmy Garoppolo loss, so that's going to be a storyline coming out of this. And I think with the 49ers starting 0-1, which I think is going to happen, is an important thing to happen to this team because everybody's all up in arms about how great they are, how great Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's better than Tom Brady, according to whoever you talk to. And it's, that's just not true. I mean, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. So it's going to be, they're going up against a team that legitimately could be in Atlanta at the end of the year, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. This is going to be a very sobering, humbling experience for the 49ers. That being said, I do think that they play well enough, kind of a lot like last year where they were the best 0-6, best 0-7 team that we've seen in a long time. I think it's going to be more of that. They're, we see things that we like. They're almost there. There's glimpses. But I don't think that this is a game that they're going to win. And it's going to be a very humbling experience. And it's, it's needed. It's needed for this team. Yeah, look, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. And I think they're going to win by a significant margin. Like I like the 49ers and all, and I think Garoppolo and Shanahan are going to be a tandem to be reckoned with down the line. But people are going a little too crazy with this. Like I get it. They won five games in a row last year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on how good the Niners are. Like you look at the 49ers roster. they got an interesting front seven. I like Garoppolo. Marquise Goodwin's a very talented receiver, very you know, fast guy, a sprinter. They don't have a lot else. I mean, that that offense has a lot of question marks. And defensively, that secondary is bad, okay? I'm not saying I think the Niners are on 5-11. I think they're probably about a 500 team. But I think the love for them has gone a little bit off the rails. I really like the Vikings. They have a tremendous defense. The offense is chock full of guys. Uh, I think the Vikings and Packers battle it out all year in the NFC North. And I'm taking the Vikings. And I'm laying the six. I don't care. I'll, I'll swallow those points. Uh, I think the Vikings get the job done at home. Uh, and we'll stay in the NFC. We'll go to the NFC South, where your Buccaneers travel to take on the New Orleans Saints. It's the biggest line of the week. Saints are favored by nine and a half points at the Superdome. Uh, I'll cede the floor to you. <laughs> your Bucks, nine and a half point underdogs. No respect? Oh, this is going to be a killing. This is going to be a public execution. Um, the, the Saints always wax the Bucks, so this is this isn't going to be a surprise when they end up losing this game. I f- have a feeling it's going to be Bucks fans might n- know what I'm talking about here. Really similar to a, that game a couple of years ago where they went out to Arizona and they just got hammered by the by the Cardinals. It was bad, and then last year too, they they got run all over by Adrian Peterson. So d- what I'm looking for in this game if I'm a Bucks fan, is not anything to do with the offense because I have no idea what that's going to be. And it's really just going to be hanging in limbo all year because Jameis Winston isn't playing and Jameis Winston might not be playing for this team next year. So I can't really judge this on anything. Defensively, I want to see how that front plays against Alvin Kamara. I want to see how the linebackers go against this against Drew Brees and what he's able to do. Specifically, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vinnie Curry, you know, these guys that they brought in, 
I want to see how well they play against Gerald McCoy. It, this team could be good next year, and they might be good this year. I don't know. But the, time, the clock is ticking on Gerald McCoy, who, when he retires, is partially probably because he plays in Tampa Bay and has played for them in this just dog god awful era. He's going to be one of the most criminally underrated players when we look back at this era in football history. He is a Hall of Fame talent. And the Buccaneers have been able to do absolutely nothing around him. I'm not even talking offensively. He's not had a star on his defensive line his entire career. It's absolutely pitiful. So it's going to be a killing. I have no hope that the Buccaneers win. And if they do, I'm going to be woefully surprised. And I'm going to be really happy the next time that we record this. But I'm, take, I'm taking the Saints. I didn't do this. If you have ED, Peak Performance for Men has the solution you've been waiting for. Get six treatments free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. Call Columbus's only trusted, focused linear compression therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. All last year picking against the Bucs, but I'm sorry. I just, I can't pick them. I have to pick the Saints. I think the Saints might be the best team in the NFL. I think yeah. one of them, along with the Falcons, the Packers. Uh, the Eagles certainly deserve respect. The Vikings, and you, by the way, you might know those are all NFC teams. Yeah. Uh, look, I always keep it short and sweet. The Bucks, because you usually uh, take care of business with this stuff. I'm taking the Saints. I'm swallowing the nine and a half. You should if, just play taps. If, <laughs> that should just be. If, if the game was in Tampa in front of all 400 people that showed up, I'd say, look, you know what? I, I would at least take Tampa to cover. Well, 399 of them are Saints fans. Yeah. So <laughs> I just can't like this. Listen. You never know week one. It's weird. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa covers and they're in the game with five minutes left. But this is also the kind of game where it could be 30-3 to at halftime because Breeze is just going berserk and Kamara's 150 yards rushing. We'll move on. Uh, Back to the AFC. And this is kind of a weird game. I think Vegas feels that way too. I'll get that in a second. Tennessee is on the road. Mike Vrabel making his head coaching debut against the Miami Dolphins and the return of Ryan Tannehill, uh, who has not played since December 2016. The Titans on the road are favored by Uno, favored by one point. I think when I see that line, it tells me I don't think Vegas has any idea of what this game is. Tennessee, of course, went 9 7 last year, made mm-hmm. the playoffs, beat the Chiefs, lost to New England. Miami went 6 and 10 with Smoke and Jay Cutler. Uh, what is. Uh, what what is the story here? Who do you, who do you like? Well, Vegas obviously has no idea who Matt Lafleur is, so that's why this that's that's why this you uh, really you should get part of his contract. <laughs> um, yeah, I better get some commission on that head coach salary. Uh, I, I, I this is what I have to say about Miami. Not a whole lot. I don't know what they're going to be. Ryan Tan- last year was kind of like a season that didn't exist because it was Jay Cutler. It was a whole bunch of nothing. They trade their running back in the middle of the season. It's just kind of a duck fart of a season. Whereas the Titans, I think this is a make-it-or-break-it year for them. I, I mean, I know I wax poetic a lot about LaFleur, but I think he's going to do great things with Mariota, and I think he's going to be a head coach in the NFL next year. So if they can't get it together this year, I don't know if this, you know, this window might close a lot quicker. We've seen better quarterbacks than Mariota, Phillip Rivers, for example, not be able to capitalize on opportunities to win a Super Bowl or to be ultra-competitive. So I need to see how they're going to come out against a team in which they can beat them. This is a winnable game. If everything is going to fall into place for them this year, they win games like this. If they don't, then it's going to be more of the same that we've seen these last couple of years where it's they're getting lucky and it's will they, won't they. Yeah, look, I don't like the the Dolphins. I'll be very honest. I think they're a collection of guys Mm -hmm. 
They spent eight million a year on Albert Wilson, and Wilson, good for him, undrafted free agent, did, caught on with the Chiefs, and won, the, the guy has won one hundred yard receiving games his entire career, and they paid him twenty four million bucks. Uh, I think the Titans are going to win. I'm not overly sold on the Titans. I did pick them to make the playoffs. I'm not sure what's going to happen with them. They're kind of a weird team. I got to see that offense perform. I love the defense, and I think that's why they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win because of that defense. Um, so moving along, the 4 o'clock window, there are four games in it, and we'll get right into them. Kansas City on the road at Los Angeles taking on the Chargers in AFC West battle. The Chargers favored by three points. So Vegas sees it as two even teams. Gives the Chargers a little off because they're at home. Uh, where do you fall? Chiefs, Chargers, Chargers taking the three-point uh, edge into the game. I'll make this short because I think you're going to say a lot of the things that I'm going to agree with. I'm taking the Chiefs, but I'm not taking them confidently because I don't know what Patrick Mahomes is. I don't especially know what that defense is. And I think that the Chargers are a vastly underrated team. This is this might be the last year that they can get Phillip Rivers close to a Super Bowl or as close to a Super Bowl as he came in that 14-2 and two year. And that defense is really, really freaking good. So I'm taking the Chiefs, not confidently, but I'm going to cede the floor to your rantings and ravings. I'll be honest with you, Josh. I have no idea what to pick in this game. I really don't. Like, anything could happen in this game wouldn't be even the least mm-hmm. bit surprised. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. I think the Chargers are going to score a lot of points. This might be a who-has-the-ball-last kind of a game. No. Uh, look, I will disagree with one thing. I don't think the Chargers are underrated because everybody and their mother talks about this team and they're going to go twelve and four every year, and then they go seven and nine. And it's, well, you know, they had a lot of injuries. You know, this happened. Well, you know, I, I always think the Chargers get a lot of. Fun. Now, that all said, I think the Chargers are good. I think the Chargers make the playoffs. I think these two teams will fight for the division. The Chiefs' defense is a train wreck, but I think the offense is going to score so many points that they might be able to win some of these games, thirty-four, thirty-one. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I'm going to take them for one reason. The Chiefs have owned the Chargers recently. Yep. They've beaten them eight times yep. in a row. They've pounded them in Los Angeles and San Diego. And I think the Chiefs have one distinct advantage in this game. The Chargers have no tape on what the Chiefs are going to look like with this offense. Yeah. The Chiefs know exactly what the Chargers are going to look like. That, to me, is maybe the difference. So, we'll move on. Dallas... And Carolina, Carolina favored by three points in this game at home. Do you like the Panthers to uh, take care of business against the boys? I do. And I said this when we were kind of going with the over-unders a couple of weeks ago. I just don't see this as a game where I can confidently say, Dak Prescott's going to win. I'm not crazy about the Panthers' defense. I'm especially not crazy about Cam Newton. But for some reason, that team always seems to get it done. And this is the type of game where I think it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be messy. Cam Newton's going to make a lot of mistakes. But I think the Cowboys ultimately are going to make more. If anything, if I'm a Cowboys fan, Zeke Elliott might have a good game. Yep. But that's, that's going to be the theme of the season is, is he going to have a good game? So I'm, I'm taking the Panthers in this one. I'll take the Panthers as well. Short and sweet. I think the Panthers have a really good front seven even without Thomas Davis who's suspended. Yeah. I think they're going to force Dallas to throw, and I don't think Dallas can beat him in the air. They have throw no to who? That's it. They have nobody. They have nobody to throw the ball to, so I think they lose. Uh, interesting game here, rematch of the Super Bowl not too long ago. Seattle at Denver. Yeah. Denver's favored by three. Normally I would say – Tough spot here uh, for Denver because Seattle is always so good. Seattle is not that good this year. They've lost almost everybody. Russell Wilson is still there. Doug, Wil- Doug Baldwin's going to play, but he's got a knee injury. 
Denver is very healthy, but a lot of questions with them. Uh, where do you fall on Seattle at Denver? Denver uh, laying three points. I just think this is the pendulum swing of the NFL, where when these teams were in the Super Bowl, it was, oh, my God, the Broncos are so great. They're going to be great for the next couple of years. And the Legion of Boom was the, the latest fad in football. And now a couple of years later, they're playing, and they're just absolute shells of their former selves. The Legion of Boom only has Earl Thomas, and he's there unwillingly. He doesn't even want to be in Seattle anymore, but he's reporting, and he's going to play. And then Denver. Like, they've got various pieces from that Super Bowl team, but nothing that really instills a whole lot of confidence in, their, in that they're going to win. This ultimately comes down to me a lot of what happened last year with Seattle, and that's Russell Wilson's mobility. Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate last year because he was winning games for the Seahawks that they had already lost. Everybody was messing around about, oh, he's running around in the pocket too much. He's doing all this and that. He had to. He had running for his life, and he saved the Seahawks so many times. It's going to be ugly, but I think that Seattle's going to end up getting this win. But there's not going to be a whole. There's not going to be many more of those this season. I'm going to take Denver, but I'm going to be blunt. Just like the Chiefs Chargers game, nothing would surprise me this no. game. If Seattle hung 40 points on them because Wilson's running all over the field, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. And if Denver scores a bunch of points because Seattle's defense is just atrocious with all these guys that are gone, it wouldn't surprise me either. If the game was in Seattle, I take Seattle. I will take Denver. I don't think Denver's very good, but I think they're better than they were last year. And I think the I think the Seahawks. They might be looking at four or five wins. They have a lot yeah. of guys off that team. Yeah. Another 4 o'clock game, the last 4 o'clock game that we have to cover, Washington at Arizona. Arizona, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, welcome to God. Thunderdome Hill. Okay, Arizona's favored by one point. Sam Bradford, Alex Smith, no balls in the air further than eight feet. Who you got? Oh, this game should be blacked out nationwide. Like, don't even show it in the Scottsdale, Phoenix. They just black it all out. <laughs> Uh, Washington, just because I'm throwing a dart in the dark here. Alex Smith, say what you will about him. He can manage games. He can get things done. And this seems like the type of game where he's going to win it just barely inching by and the the hairs on his chin. Give me Washington in this one. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals. I don't know why. (laughs) I I, I think think they're pretty similar themes. I'm not excited about either one really. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals because they're at home. Washington's got to go across the country. David Johnson's back. I think it's a big game. Yeah. I'll, I'll roll with them, but a toss-up. The Sunday night game, and then we have two Monday nighters to go, and then you are done with us for the week, or maybe we're done with you for the week. I'm not sure how that quite <laughs> plays out. Uh, the Bears are a very hot team to talk about right now at Green Bay, but Green Bay gets all the love from Vegas. A seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home at night at Lambeau Field. Um, do you believe that that line is justified for the pack? I do. Uh, people are really high on the Bears because they traded for Khalil Mack. Rightfully so. This team's going to be good in 2019, 2020. Especially if Mitchell Trubisky can get things together and Matt Nagy steers this team in the right direction, which it seems like he's going to do. They could be good this year, and I think that they're going to be a 6-7 win team, but this is going to be a very humbling experience for Bears fans who think that the Monsters are back in the midway. They're coming. They're, they're just over the hill. They're a couple of tolls away on the uh, Kennedy Expressway. They're not in Chicago yet. And this is going to be a game where the Packers flex. They show because they got a lot to play for here. Remember Aaron Rodgers left last year early. The Packers fell off a cliff. The Vikings ran away with that division. Anybody who's watched Aaron Rodgers for half a second knows he's the most ultra-competitive person in the world to almost an unhealthy degree. So the fact that he can come out, flex hard on an NFC North team, and kind of let the world know that the Packers are here and they're not to be trifled with this season, 
that is going to be what I'm looking for. It's going to be a good game, but I think that the Packers are going to humble the Bears, but Chicago is going to look good enough to where it's going to inspire some hope where they're not going to be a terrible watch this year. They're an interesting team. I'm excited to see how they play out. Uh, I like the Bears a lot. I am taking the Packers to win a cover this game. They are very hard to beat at home. Rodgers is there. I don't know that the Bears' secondary is there yet. Uh, and look, the one elephant in the room nobody's talking about is Mitchell Trubisky good? Yeah. Because he wasn't last year. Now, granted, I'm not blaming the guy. Look, they, they stunk around them last year from the coaches to the to the team. But I got to see it because he looked rough in the preseason. Now, it's mm-hmm. preseason, but that's what's, what else do we have to go off of yeah. that and some regular season games from last year didn't look that good. So I think the Bears are much improved, but yeah, I'm taking the Packers. I, I think they, they run away. I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these games Rodgers goes for five touchdowns because it goes berserk. Yeah. Uh, so we have two Monday night games this week. Uh, the early game, well, early, 7-10 Eastern. Uh, the Jets at the Lions. Six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Lions in Motown. Uh, I think the Jets are much improved. I think the Lions are kind of a weird thing to figure because Matt Patricia, first-year head coach. How do you see this game shake out? Well, first of all, to correct you, there's one game on Monday night. The other one is we don't know what it is. It's not a <laughs> game, but two teams are scheduled to play. We'll get to that in a um, I want to see what Mac Patricia does as a head coach because the Patriots have not had a long history of producing great head coaches out of their coordinating tree of, uh, of Bill Belichick. The Lions are always an interesting team to watch because of Matthew Stafford. It never seems like he's had a great offense around him. Well, I think he's an underrated quarterback. He hasn't done enough with the little that he's been given to really instill a lot of confidence. But in this specific scenario, I think that they're going to win. This is this is national television. This is Matt Patricia's first game. They got to go out there and get it. And the Jets, I'm not saying that they're going to be the worst team in football this year, but they're not going to be good. They're not going to be a wild card contending team. The silver lining there is Sam Darnold. He's getting the start. We didn't. Nobody really pegged him to be the guy who was a lock to be the first rookie quarterback to start. And frankly, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm really excited to see what he does. They're playing with house money. You win this game, great. You won. If you lost, big deal. You're not going to the Super Bowl this year anyway. But as long as Darnold looks good, to me, that's a win for the Jets. But ultimately, I think as far as the score is concerned, the, the Lions are going to come out victorious. Yeah, I, I like the Lions. I like the Jets to cover. I think the Jets will be in contention for a wild card. I do not oh. think that they are going to make it. Uh, but I think they'll be playing meaningful December games. I think the Jets are burning people. Realize because I love Darnold. And I yeah. admit, if he's not good, then they stink. Uh, I like the Lions more than some. I think they're a third-place team in the division. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because they're just a victim of circumstance. And I don't know about Patricia yet. But give me the Lions. Give me the Jets to cover, but the Lions to win at home. I think they take care of business. I love Stafford. I always have. He's got Tate. He's got Marvin Jones. Galloway is, is an underrated uh, Galladay, excuse me, is an mm-hmm. underrated uh, receiver going into a second year. So I like the Lions to win the game. And finally, we wrap up the Rams and the Raiders in Oakland uh, for the final game of week one. The Rams, a four and a half point favorite on the road. We don't have to get into the Raiders and all that they've done. Like they traded Khalil Mack for 10 cents on the dollar. They, they have been a circus internally, it seems. They traded a fifth-round pick for A.J. McCarron. They, they, they cut Martavis Bryant after trading a third-round pick for him. So we go on and on. I'm assuming from your comments earlier, you're taking the Rams in this game. Yeah, I am. Although I will preface this as saying, back, circling back to the, the wonky week one stuff, it would not shock me at all if the Raiders win this and grinning John Gruden for the rest of the week is, hey, football's back, it's 1998, and all this kind of stuff, and he's got a leg up. 
And they proceed to lose their next five games, including week four against the Browns. So I'm taking the Rams in this because I really, really hope that this isn't a repeat of the dream team in Philly where they had all of those guys that was supposed to pan out and then it just absolutely detonated in their face. I'm hoping that it doesn't go that way, but they don't have Matt LaFleur anymore, so I don't don't know what to tell you. But I'm I'm, I'm taking the Rams because God Almighty, the Raiders are going to be bad this year, but we're going to talk plenty about this this year. That line could be 20. Yeah. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick, but what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. And I take the Rams in this game. And I, and I got the same reservations you do. I don't know what the Rams, what their deal is, if they're going to be able to mesh all those personalities. But they got a lot of talent. They got a really good young coach. Like this coaching matchup is interesting to me because Gruden wants to play the game like it's 1990 and 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 you got McVay who wants to play it like it's 10 years into the future so I think the Rams run away with this game I will tell you right now if I'm a Raiders fan I am deeply concerned about who we signed for 100 million dollars this offseason because unlike a player his contract's guaranteed he's not going anywhere so give me the Rams at four and a half, no problem, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the Rams win this game going away, and I think it's the start of a long year in Oakland. Uh, so that's it for us. That's our rundown. We did the whole thing in 45 minutes flat, uh, so hopefully it fits into your commute. We want to, of course, thank our great partners over at Fanatics. Go to fansided.fanatics.com. You get 20% off of your shipping by typing in the code FANSIDED. You can get everything, hats, jerseys, anything that you would want. As a fan, you can get from Fanatics. They take care of you. They do a phenomenal job. Um, and, and beyond that, again, we will be recording the next one only in a few days. On Sunday, yeah. we'll be recording during the Packers-Bears game. Uh, and we will have that on your mobile devices uh, and on your, on your uh, computer as well, um, ready for you come Monday morning. So thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, and and give, feel free to give us feedback. On, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Send us an email, uh, first.last uh, at fanside.com. So thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it, as always, and we look forward to another great season with all of you watching the games. Week one of the NFL, Thursday night, only 24 hours away. Take care. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.